Hey everybody, this is Matt Walrath, and you are listening to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we're going to be taking a look at all of the things you can do outside of the gym that are going to help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better. This is the first episode in our nutrient timing series, and I will be discussing the most common question I get regarding nutrient timing. Do I need to drink a protein shake as soon as I finish working out? And how much protein do I need in that shake? The answer to that question begins with another question. What goal are you trying to achieve by drinking a protein shake after your workout? Is it that you want to take advantage of the, please excuse my pro speak here, window of gains? Or is it that you just want to be recovered for your CrossFit class tomorrow? I will start out the show with a quick overview of the goals of nutrient timing, I will give a very brief overview of what research tells us in layman's terms, and I'll also give you my exact recommendations that I give my clients based on their goals, losing fat, gaining muscle, or improving performance. Before we dive in, I want to give you my definition of nutrient timing. Nutrient timing is the art and science of knowing when to consume protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and what the ideal quantities of each are. Now that we have a working definition for nutrient timing, let's consider the goals of nutrient timing, and specifically the goals of a post-workout recovery shake during the anabolic phase of nutrient timing. So the first goal of nutrient timing is to initiate the rebuilding of damaged muscle tissues. So we want to make sure when we're looking at the research that the shake is minimizing muscle protein breakdown and promoting muscle protein synthesis. The second goal is that we want to spike insulin to both shift our hormones from catabolic, which means the hormones that break us down, uh, break down our energy stores to actually provide energy for exercise. We want to shift from catabolic to anabolic, those hormones that actually help us rebuild. We also want to spike insulin because it will increase blood flow to the muscles, which will remove metabolic waste and deliver nutrients for recovery. The third goal of nutrient timing during that anabolic phase after workout is to replenish our energy stores, specifically muscle glycogen. So now that we have a definition of nutrient timing and the goals of nutrient timing during that anabolic phase, I think it's important to provide a little bit of background on nutrient timing and where the anabolic window, or as I said in bro speak before, the window of gains comes from. In the early 2000s, Dr. John Ivey and Robert Portman published a very accessible book with a promising title. It was called Nutrient Timing, The Future of Sports Nutrition. (laughs) The book served as a sports performance action plan grounded in all the nutrient timing research that was available at the time. The book broke down nutrient timing into three phases. First, the energy phase, which encompasses both the immediately before and during your workout uh, nutrition goals. The anabolic phase, the second phase, is the one that we're uh, primarily concerned with today. That's that, you know, within an hour after your workout. And that really uh, explored the importance of getting nutrients in uh, in that immediate post-workout period. And then the third phase of nutrient timing is the growth phase, uh, 
which looked at the nutrient needs of your body from the end of the anabolic phase until your next training session. The Nutrient Timing Book is the basis for many of the nutrient timing recommendations and maxims that we hear today. For example, you must drink a protein recovery shake within an hour after working out or you will lose your gains. Unfortunately, the promises of the nutrient timing strategies outlined in the Nutrient Timing Book have not necessarily been replicated in more recent studies. In 2013, Alan Aragon and Brad Schoenfeld published a follow-up paper, Nutrient Timing Revisited, which is actually one of the most popular papers ever published in the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition. This paper furthered the conversation about nutrient timing based on the new research that was available and made a great case for why the window of gains might not be as important as we thought. And we'll get to that research in a second. I think it will also help for me to add to the conversation the issues that I have with the nutrient timing research um, and the tendency that people have to make broad recommendations based off the research. My first issue with the nutrient timing research is that most of it is performed on male subjects, especially those on resistance training. So the application to female athletes may be very different. Second, most of the nutrient timing research is done on endurance athletes, particularly cyclists, and only a few of the studies were actually performed on resistance-trained athletes, so athletes that were actually lifting weights. The cross-application from endurance to strength and vice versa, as well as the application of this research to uh, the relatively new and multi-modality sport, CrossFit, is also very questionable. Third, the sample sizes of nutrient timing studies tend to be relatively small, and the variation we see in results from study to study indicate to me that the application of the findings from these studies may not actually apply as widely as some people would make them seem. With that said, this research and my own experience working with thousands of athletes is what has pointed me in the direction of my current applications of the nutrient timing research and the recommendations, which I will get to at the end of the episode. In this next section here, we're going to take about five minutes to quickly review what the research says about the role of protein timing and the dose of protein on muscle gain, strength, and recovery from training. And don't worry, I'm not going to go too nerd here. I'm definitely going to be speaking in layman's terms, so bear with me. So first, let's talk about the goal of gaining muscle. When it comes to gaining muscle, the research is split about whether or not protein ingested within one hour of training led to increased muscle size over the groups in the studies who delayed their protein timing. Of the seven studies that looked at protein ingested within one hour of training versus a delayed dose or placebo, four of the seven studies showed an increase in muscle mass, while the other three out of the seven studies showed no significant difference between the groups who took the protein immediately after exercise and those who either delayed or took a placebo. The problem with most of these studies is that the group receiving the protein supplement 
after exercise, ended up consuming more total protein throughout the course of the entire day and over the course of the entire study, which could also explain the between-group differences and is not necessarily an indicator that the anabolic window exists. The three studies where total protein intake was matched between the groups who took protein immediately after their workout versus those who delayed or took the placebo, those studies were also split. Two of the studies showed a significant increase in muscle mass, where one study showed no significant increase. In 2017, Alan Aragon and Brad Schoenfeld, the guys who actually published Nutrient Timing Revisited, concluded an elegant study on protein timing that's results once again challenged how we think about the window of gains. The study showed no difference between groups, uh, muscle mass, when a protein shake was consumed immediately before or immediately after training. So that raises the question, is the anabolic window that important or is taking protein before you work out just as effective? Is there an anabolic window there too? So here's the verdict for whether or not getting that protein shake within one hour actually provides increased muscle gain. It is inconclusive. We can't tell whether or not a protein shake within one hour has any impact on muscle gain because the research is split. With that said, the research does seem to lean slightly in favor of the efficacy of protein timing in this case. So it's definitely far from conclusive, but you know we might want to, to be on the safe side, get that protein shake in within an hour. Now, when it comes to measuring the impact of nutrient timing on strength, there are just a few studies to look at since, like I said before, much of the nutrient timing research has been conducted on endurance athletes, especially cyclists and not resistance trained athletes or people lifting weights. Of the three studies I reviewed that looked at protein consumed within an hour and its effect on strength and power, only two of them were conducted on young men with training experience, while one actually looked at trained or untrained elderly men. And uh, I think the average age of these men was about you know, 71 plus or minus a year. So, unfortunately, the first two studies I'm talking about, done on the young trained men, they administered a liquid protein and carbohydrate mix both before and after training. So we cannot tease out whether or not the one-hour post-workout anabolic window exists for strength gains. These studies also had conflicting results with pretty much the same study design. One study showed no difference between groups and strength improvements when the protein shake was consumed immediately before and after versus in the morning and the evening, while the other study showed that the group who consumed the shake immediately instead of delaying improved significantly in two out of three one rep max strength tests. So the verdict for strength is that it is inconclusive whether a protein shake or even any recovery shake within an hour of training has any impact on strength. And really any impact that would be greater than, um, you know, that pre-workout potential anabolic window that we're starting to see in some of the research. As for what the research says about recovery, it's harder to measure. For many athletes, recovery is a highly subjective measurement. It's a feeling rather than something that can be measured in a study. 
With that said, there are a few things that the studies look at that I think can be used as a measurement of recovery. Does protein within an hour decrease the rate of muscle protein breakdown and kickstart muscle protein synthesis? Does protein within an hour increase blood flow to the muscles so that metabolic waste products can be cleared and nutrients can be delivered? And does protein within an hour replenish the energy stores of the muscles? The quick answer to each is yes, yes, and kind of. The availability of amino acids, the building blocks of protein, immediately post-workout has a greater effect on muscle protein synthesis than carbohydrate or placebo. Protein consumed before a workout would also provide these amino acids post-workout, but if you missed your pre-workout meal, a post-workout shake would do the trick. Whey protein isolate has the ability to raise insulin concentrations above baseline. And elevated insulin concentration both decreases muscle protein breakdown and increases blood flow to the muscles for the clearing of metabolic waste and the delivery of nutrients. So that checks two boxes. Where protein does not perfectly serve the goals of recovery via nutrient timing is the replenishment of energy stores in the muscles, um, and CrossFit in particular is very demanding on the energy systems of the body that use carbohydrate as fuel. So at the end of a hard Metcon, your muscle stores of carbohydrates have been drained and a huge part of recovery is filling them back up. Ingesting protein is not necessarily going to serve the goal of this goal of recovery by itself. But the research seems to show that a combination of carbohydrate and protein works better than just carbohydrate alone or just protein alone in restoring those carbohydrate energy stores in the muscle. In the next episode of Nutrient Timing Series, I'm going to be talking more about carbohydrate timing. But right now, it's time for what you've all been waiting for. When should you consume protein and how much? As you may have gathered, consuming a protein shake within one hour of training may be beneficial for muscle size, strength, and recovery. However, it is far from clear whether this hour after workout is a magical window of gains. Multiple studies show that protein ingested immediately pre-workout is just as effective, if not more effective, than post-workout for improving strength, size, and recovery. So does this mean that you should switch to a pre-workout protein shake? Not necessarily. It can definitely help, but some people don't perform well with a lot of liquid protein in their stomach. If this is you, just stick to your post-workout protein routine. If you're looking to maximize your muscle size and strength gains, the Crib and Hayes study protocol is probably going to be your best bet. And it's actually the strategy that I personally use whenever I'm trying to put on some lean muscle. The protocol in their study involved consuming a one-to-one ratio of carbon protein with creatine immediately before and immediately after your workout. The total amount of the protein and carbohydrate used in this study was based on the subject's body size. They were drinking one gram per kilogram of body weight, or about 45% of their body weight, in grams of total protein plus carbohydrate. So, for those of you listening who don't want to do math in your head, a 175-pound man uh, would be consuming 40 grams each of protein and carbohydrate with creatine in their shake. 
And this is generally where I go. This is what the total amount in the study was. So this is generally where I consume, even though I'm larger than uh, the men in the, the study. So those are my recommendations if you're looking to maximize muscle size and strength gains. If your goal, however, is to learn how to just recover better, then I believe that eating the correct total amount of protein containing foods throughout the day is a more important factor than when you eat your protein. The big exception there would be if you're training multiple times per day. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Beyond Macros podcast. I will be super grateful if you go and leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with anyone you think needs to learn a thing or two about protein timing, especially that friend of yours who is constantly spitting bro science at you. This was the first in a three-part series on nutrient timing that we're going to be doing with an episode dropping every other week. If you enjoyed it, you should subscribe to the Beyond Macros podcast right now because in the next nutrient timing episode, we will be discussing the secret weapon of most elite CrossFit athletes, how to time your carbohydrates to recover better, and whether or not you need high glycemic carbohydrates around your workout. You're not going to want to miss this episode, but next week's episode is going to address one of the hottest topics in the CrossFit world right now, breath. I interviewed Christina Macias, an exercise physiologist and researcher who is focused on how the breath can improve health and performance. We dive deep and she gives us a step-by-step guide for how to start a breath practice that will massively improve your recovery in just five minutes per day. Subscribe now, stay tuned for that episode, and I look forward to seeing you then.